episode 33 of our weekly Cricket Hurt podcast. The weather here in England has been a bit miserable over the last few days, lots of rain, so it's a good thing that the WBBL is being played in Australia, isn't it Sid? Yeah, never never rains in Sydney, does it Raph? <laughs> no, the, the shocking truth is that the, the WBBL has been a bit unprecedented really it feels like. Um, I know that people in other, other places in Australia do complain that it always rains in Sydney and it does seem to be that's what it's been happening. We've had like two fully completed games out of you know half a dozen um, games this weekend. Um, we only had like a couple of results. We've had piles of no results. Like mm-hmm. half the matches have ended up no result. Mm-hmm. Uh, the situation we're in is that the two Sydney teams are at the top of the table. Sydney Thunder at the top um, with uh, Heather Knight and Tony Beaumont there. Um, and Sydney Sixers behind them. But the Melbourne Stars have had three games washed out, and the Melbourne Stars haven't lost a game either. So, you know, the weather's really taking over, and to be honest, you know, no result is really at the top of the table there at the moment. Okay, so that's the situation with WBBL. That is a bit disappointing. Um, The weather god's not smiling on women's cricket at the moment, but hopefully that will change over the coming few days. Now, talking of WBBL, there was actually a bit of controversy last weekend, wasn't there, ahead of the Stars-Thunder game? What happened there? Yeah, this was really bizarre, wasn't it? um, So, um, this relates to Black Lives Matter and the taking the knee. Um, And we had the Stars v the Thunder, and um, Heather Knight led the Thunder to take the knee at the beginning of the game. Everyone had talked about that beforehand. Um, and the whole of the Thunder team did it. The two English players for the Stars, uh, Nat Siver and Catherine Brunt, also did it. And the rest of the Stars just stood there, which was uh, a little odd, I think you have to say. And um, there wasn't really a satisfactory explanation produced for that. And I think that my lawyer is currently poking me in the side saying, well, that's probably all I should say <laughs> about that. What's your, what's your perspective, Raf? Yeah. Uh, all a bit strange, actually, a bit bizarre. Um, I don't really quite know what happened. As you say, we don't really have an explanation for it. I guess um, it was a bit disappointing. Um, I think, given that over the last few days, um, Ebony Rainford Brent's been in the been hitting the headlines a bit and um, has actually been quite critical of the fact that um, over the English summer, the England men's team stopped taking the knee after their initial series against West Indies men. Um, and and didn't continue that um, and basically has said that um, she thinks that they did that much too early Um, and given where cricket's come from, cricket's long history of entanglement with imperialism, with racism, that actually that's not good enough to only do that as a very short-term measure Um, and I completely agree with her um, just to make that clear. Um, I think that obviously it's a bit of a balancing act between you don't want it just to become a routine thing that people do because it's something that you do and they don't really think about the meaning of it. But at the same time, um, it seems that to just give it up after essentially one one women's series, the England against the West Indies one, um, is is very soon indeed. Um, So yeah, I found that a bit disappointing actually. As well as as well as confusing and baffling, um, well, there you go. 
Oh, well, talking of Ebony, um, her ACE program has been in the news this week as well. Um, what's the news on that? Well, what is ACE, perhaps? You start by telling the viewers, Raph, what's ACE all about? Well, it started um, as Ebony Rainford Brent's project at Surrey. Um, it stands for the African Caribbean Engagement Project. Um, and yeah, as I say, it started out at Surrey. Um, they had um, uh, black players come along um, into into Surrey, um, and they did coaching sessions with them. And then they put some of them, some of the most talented ones, onto their academy. Um, and the idea behind it is to try and re-engage the African Caribbean community in England with cricket as a sport. Um, Ebony has been kind of quite vocal about the fact that herself growing up um, in the 1990s in London, she didn't feel connected to cricket and she kind of fell into it by chance. And what she's trying to do is open up opportunities um, for the next generation of young people to really reconnect with cricket. This is, not, this is not just women's cricket, is it, Raph? This is men's cricket as well, it right? It is men's cricket as well. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So, and and um, just to kind of finish talking about why it's been in the news this week, um, she's been given, uh, I think it's about £540,000 from Sport England to officially launch ACE as a charity. So they're going to have full-time members of staff working on it um, and they're going to expand it both across London and initially into Birmingham. And then she's got... Um, she's got plans in future to also expand it into other cities. Um, so they're making it bigger and they're really kind of um, launching it in other areas. Um, in terms of, yes, it is um, a, a men's cricket thing as well, um, but Ebony has also said that she thinks that um, there's particular issues um, in terms of black girls and women engaging, re-engaging them with cricket. Um, so for example, I think at Surrey, they only had um, their sessions, only 17% of the people who came along were female. Um, and then in terms of the ones, the 25 players who got put onto the Surrey Academy, only two out of those 25 um, were female. So actually there is a particular issue there. Uh, and that probably relates to things that we talked about a couple of months ago in this podcast about the fact that there is a real problem uh, and a specific problem um, so there's a cricket problem but there's also a specific problem with women's cricket here um, in terms of it always historically in England having been a very a very white sport and there being particular factors that play into that um, and so hopefully um, Ebony's ace program and its expansion can really reach out um, into girls and women's cricket as well as into boys and men's cricket and really reconnect i think it's a brilliant absolutely brilliant initiative um and i think that um ebony rain for brent's wonderful she's a brilliant role model um for for black girls and black women who want to play cricket um and it's amazing it's really um it's really great and we should really applaud her for what she's doing um on the flip side of that actually it's quite problematic that she's the one doing it in some ways um that she's having to kind of to lead that initiative from her role at Surrey, isn't it something really that the ECB as a governing body should have been taking the initiative on, um, should have been taking the initiative on years ago, um, but actually particularly now in the wake of all the conversations people are having about Black Lives Matter, they should be, they should be doing that. Um, and Ebony has said in, in interviews that she's done this week that she's impatient with the lack of change and the lack of pace of change that's going on and the lack of action. She says people are doing a lot of talking. She's she's now feeling that she's got no choice other than to take action herself and it's brilliant um, and yeah great um, that she's doing that but we really want um, we really kind of perhaps should expect that the ECB might be doing a bit more as well so there's kind of 
there's, there's praise and criticism to be had, I think. Okay. And what else this week, Raf? Well, there's been another big bit of news that you wrote a piece about for Cricket Her, um, about Maya Boucher, um, the Southern Vipers player um, whose bowling action has been found to be illegal. Um, now, your piece was uh, quite interesting. Um, who's to blame for all this, Sid? Well, I do think that that's the really important point there, that, you know, obviously, you know, there's a degree that the player has responsibility for everything. But, you know, what really worries me about the the entire thing is that, um, you know, Maya's been part of the England Academy for like five years. And, you know, nobody has intervened and corrected it well before it got to this stage. And for me, that, that that's really very disappointing. Um, and I feel like, you know, if there was a problem, and, you know, I think we've clearly... Sh- They've clearly shown that, that there is a problem. It really ought to have been sorted out years ago, well before it got to the stage of an umpire at a regionals match um, reporting her action and then her having to go for an assessment, which should have been all sorted out long ago. And I do feel there's an interesting parallel with the case of Emily Smith, which was also under discussion again this week, and she did uh, some interviews this week, um, who, if we remember, is WBBL player that got banned a uh, she got a, a technically got a year banned. Most of it was suspended, although effectively it wound up being a year ban because the, the suspended bit was all off season. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got banned for tweeting a, or Instagramming or Insta tweeting or whatever the kids do <laughs> a, a team sheet. Um, and but the, the similarity here is that actually it was somebody else's responsibilities. You know, got laid off. Mm-hmm. And what happened in Emily Smith's case is that um, the Hobart Hurricanes should have removed her phone. Mm. They should have removed all the players' phones. The players were in a zone where they weren't supposed to have their phones, but the phones had not been re- been removed. The system failed, and then she got kicked roundly in the, in, you know, in the face as a result of the system failing. And, you know, I really feel that that also was, you know, a little bit unfair. And you go, well, you know, technically the players are responsible for everything, but I think the system has to take Mm -hmm. some responsibility in both of those cases. And I'm not sure that it's really doing so adequately. So I'm a little bit disappointed with the system there. And I think that, you know, the players have been let down by the system in both cases. Yeah, interesting. I, I pretty much agree with you. In last week's podcast, we were talking about players who might be um, in with a chance of being awarded one of the 15 um, new regional contracts, and Maya Boucher was one of the names that we mentioned. Do you think that this will affect her her chances of being awarded one of those contracts? Well, it certainly shouldn't, should it, Raf? Because again, if we're saying that the system's let her down, mm. then the system has you know a duty to sort it out, and the best way of sorting it out is to you know give her the support that she needs mm. to be able to you know remodel her bowling action. And to, you know, continue being the great prospect that she is. You know, I said two years ago that I think that she will play for England one day. She's obviously, a, you know, a massive talent. And let's hope the system now stands up, takes responsibility for what's happened and, you know, works with her to, you know, make things right again and to, you know, to continue their investment in, in a fantastic player that hopefully will go on and play for England. Yeah, great. Okay, um, well, that's it from us this week. Um, thanks as ever for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye.